City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatech compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the All Hornets Podcast Network. You are listening to The Vault. And we have a very special podcast episode for you today. We have guest Sam Purley from Hornets.com. And then at the end of the episode, after our discussion, we've got Jenna McDaniels, Hornets Forward, joining us to, to talk about a myriad of topics from the offseason, work with new coaching staff, what he's looking out for this season, and, and having a brother in the NBA. So we got a lot to cover on today. Joining me for the for our first episode of the regular season week opener, Chase Whitney as always. Chase, how are you doing? I'm doing great. We are less than 48 or about 48 hours away from Hornets basketball at the time that we're recording this. So by the time it comes out, we'll be even closer. And on Wednesday night, we're finally there. Absolutely. And also on with this, as I mentioned at the lead of the show, Sam Perley from Hornets.com. Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, happy, uh, I guess, regular season tip-off week to you both. I'm curious, what is what is regular season week opener like for working for an NBA team in the media department? Uh, it's exciting. I think it's it's kind of a it's a little bit of a mix of like really excitement and then it's like a holy cow, it's actually here kind of thing. I think as soon as you, you know, you kind of get what's training or once you get to media day and then the first preseason game, there's all these kind of like little benchmarks the last uh, several weeks or so. And this is just kind of the last one. So uh, I think it kind of hits you maybe on Wednesday morning, like, oh man, we really have a game tonight that counts. So it's exciting. And it's also like a little kind of nerve wracking because it's like, once you get into it, it, it just, it doesn't really stop until, 
you know, the all-star break and that's only for a few days too, but overall it's excitement just to kind of, you know, see all this work and, and, you know, dedication these guys have put in over the summer. This isn't where you now get to see where, where it's taken them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, you know, there's been a, a lot going on in the last couple of months for the Hornets, but I think everyone's just really excited to have actual NBA games back preseason, obviously not the results, maybe the team were hoping for, but I think, one thing we'll touch on later, that the team got better every single game and, and made improvements, and you saw that that gradually happening. So excited for the season to start off. Um, I guess this, I guess firstly, it'd be just great to hear a little bit about how your summer was um, and kind of what what did, what did you get up to over the offseason, both basketball-related and non-basketball? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because this was the first offseason that was kind of on a normal calendar since before the uh, the pandemic started. So first time in three years. So it was a little bit more normal. The draft was at a regular time. Summer league was at a regular, regular time too. So um, the season end, just I, a lot of it is just kind of writing season recaps about the guys and, you know, taking your foot af- off the gas a little bit, just because it's, you know, regular season is just so much. I think it's, it's important to kind of, you know, unwind properly in the off season and kind of recharge and did a lot of stuff with the draft process in terms of, you know, interviewing the guys that came in and, um, covering the draft and then into summer league. And then once summer league ended, um, that's the kind of time that's really kind of slows down just a little bit too. Um, I work on a lot of content for our 2K league team in the summer as well. So that kind of, it keeps me busy. Um, it gives me something to do. So yeah, just a lot of like recharging, watched a lot of baseball in my free time. Um, Who's your team? Who's like your my- baseball team? I'm a Mets fan. So it's been, I'm still kind of processing, diehard Mets fan, still kind of processing the last, uh, Last week or so, baseball is a very uh, cruel sport. It can end, you know, you watch every single day for an entire summer and the highs and lows and the craziness that comes with it. And then it can just end in a flash. And it's it's a beautifully cruel sport. Um, so good regular season, not the finish that the Mets were hoping for, but uh, there is optimism. But yeah, I, I, I really just watched a ton of baseball. <laughs> that was like kind of the main thing I did every single day. Um, just kind of a nice kind of summer relax, sometimes relaxing, sometimes like you get, you know, too up in arms about it and start screaming at the TV. But um, yeah, just a lot of it's just kind of recharging, getting ready to go and slowly working your way back into it. And now I'm hopefully ready to go for the start of the regular season. And um, for the summer league, was that your first summer league since pre-pandemic that you went to? to Uh, Yes. Yeah, we sent a small group last year 2021 it didn't happen in 2020 so yeah i went in 2019 and 2018 and then i went in 2017 was the last one in orlando too so yeah that was cool to kind of get back out there um i know you were out there james obviously saw you yeah bumped into um, you a little bit yeah and so just kind of that that's such a fun atmosphere out there i mean it's 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 busy and it's a little chaotic and but you know getting to see all the new players and just it's a really if you're a, a you know basketball fan nba junkie like that is that's got to be a bucket list item because it's it's a lot yeah. of fun out there. It's just basketball nonstop all day long for two weeks or so. I'm I'm trying to get Chase to come out with me to feature one. This is this is what we want to do is go because I I went obviously for the first time this summer. Like you said, it was a bucket list thing for me. Um, it was an incredible experience. Um, we get to be able to see watch it all. I, I found it really weird that a lot of like the kind of NBA writers who are there who I bumped into were like complaining about it being too long and. They were just counting down the days to their flight home. And I was like, you get to go to NBA Summer League, watch all these games and cover like cover it as a job. Like be more 
enjoy the experience. I know it's I know it's a long time, a week in Vegas, but um, you should enjoy it. But um, yeah, Chase, you you got to come out there at some point that we all three of us can hopefully get together and uh, Sam can find some free time between his work that we can uh, we can grab a drink out in Vegas at some point. I can't let too many more of these pass by without going out there. I can I think I could only make it through one more summer league not in person. So I, I definitely need to get out there soon. You tell me you don't want to see Scoot and Wemby in next year's summer league that's, playing for one of the saying. teams. Yeah, exactly. If, the, if exactly. there's one one to get to, it'd be that one. It would. It would. Um okay, well let's change gears a little bit. Let's let's talk Hornets training camp preseason. Um let yeah let's let's get into it here because we've got four eight hours before game one and uh we're we're keen to get some of your thoughts. You probably no one in the world who has been to more press media availabilities, practices, games since training camp opened than yourself. So we're, we're really keen to, to get some of your insight here, Sam. Yeah. Uh, I think you mentioned it a short while ago. That's, you know, obviously the record, you know, finishing 0 and 5, I wouldn't, you know, dwell on that too much a little bit. I think if you watch that first game in Boston and then you looked at that final game in Philadelphia, um, you know, significant improvements along the way, definitely more cohesion, more chemistry, uh, I mean, they were leading at the end of the third quarter. And I want to say the last three games and maybe, or they were right in it, either leading or right in it. And then kind of when you break the lineups in the fourth quarter of these preseason games, you know, once guys kind of hit their minute limits and the other team breaks their lineup and kind of empties the benches, I think it's, it's largely kind of a toss up. And I think, you know, that's kind of contributed more to the, you know, the 0 and 5 record, but uh, a lot of good stuff. And I thought, you know, in particular, you know, a lot of the stuff that Coach Clifford has been preaching in the preseason, I think big emphasis on defensive rebounding, big emphasis on second chance points scored, um, you know, not turning the ball over. And um, I think defensive rebounding, I think through their last game, they were 11th in the preseason defensive rebounding. They were 29th last year in the regular season. Uh, turnover percentage was really good. I think they were eighth finished around eighth or ninth um in the preseason so even with kind of some of the early season preseason early preseason you know there could be a lot of turnovers but they did a really good job kind of hold on to the ball um yeah for the most part i think there was i thought terry and gordon particularly looked really really good um i know gordon missed the first few games so when he came back i mean he just looks exactly what you kind of expect just a connector do everything kind of guy too so i think there's a lot of positives and i don't think I think it's easy to kind of focus on, oh, look what doesn't look good in preseason. Every team right now has stuff that doesn't look good right now. But you only got five games, four or five or six games, and you're just going to have to you figure it out on the fly. It's a long season to go. But I think there's some really encouraging signs from the preseason for this Hornets team thus far. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you that there have been a lot of things that you can point out in the preseason and kind of see how, how they might translate even early on in the regular season without LaMelo, but especially once the team is fully healthy and able to put the rotation that Coach Clifford is envisioning on the floor every night. But And you mentioned that he's been he, – or obviously he does emphasize different things but uh, as a coach, but how has the training camp and practices themselves been different under Coach Clifford rather than James Borrego? Yeah, it's a little bit different in the sense that – it seems like they are, you know, I can't exactly necessarily compare them to James Borrego's practices and not in the practices, but it does feel like they're scrimmaging a lot. And it does feel like there's a lot of high intensity stuff. There's a lot of, um, I mean, they, they practice a lot and it's very, very intense. They, they work everything, you know, guys have talked about how well and good the practices have been. And um, I think a lot of it is, 
there's a there's a really beneficial continuity aspect to this because you have a lot of the same players back from last season. A lot of the coaching staff is similar from last season. I think there's a, you know, then Cliff obviously, you know, brought in some some new assistants as well to kind of, you know, so it's a little bit of a of a, you know, hybrid coaching staff between kind of new and older faces too. So um, I think you know, as a new coach, it's a lot of you just kind of learning your players. You gotta you gotta put them in situations in these high intensity practices and learn about them as much as you can. I don't think it you can't start kind of planning for the regular season necessarily in your rotations and your starting lineups until you know what you're working with too. So um, I guess that would be kind of my biggest observation or what I've been kind of hearing is just the practice has been really, really good. Lots of intensity. Um, and I think they've really benefited for having a, you know, a lot of continuity from the past year, both on the court and from coaching staff perspective as well. I wanted to follow up on something you said there, because I, I noticed this as well. I think the Hornets now, I believe, with Clifford, either have nine or ten coaches in total. Like, can you recall? Does it does it feel like the the team have more assistant coaches this year than than any other year that kind of you you remember previously, or is it something that I I've kind of read into or noticed, or is that not quite accurate? I think it's. I don't know off the top of my head. It's usually about six or seven. I think it's about the same this year. Um, I think anything, I think most coaching staffs in the NBA around six or seven, I think, you know, newer, you know, coaches that are, have never been head coaches before. If it's a brand new NBA head coach, maybe you'll have more staff or have a, a lead associate to kind of, um, you know, help get the assimilation process down. But, um, I think it's about six or seven. It's usually, but I think it can kind of expand a little bit more. I, I, frankly, that's a good question. I really don't know what a normal amount is. I think we've always had about anywhere from six to eight. I don't think it's a, you know, concrete number necessarily, but probably no more than that. Okay. And I know you mentioned earlier already a little bit about the the turnovers, defensive rebounding, um, but what were some of the strengths and weaknesses that you saw from the team in preseason? Uh, maybe, maybe some of the strengths you didn't mention or, or some of the weaknesses that you saw in some of the games. Yeah, well, I guess I, I kind of jumped the gun there and went to strengths all the way. But yeah, the defensive rebound has been really impressive. That's been a that's been a point of emphasis. Um, that was a point of emphasis, you know, the last time Cliff was here, and it has to be a point of emphasis. I mean, they just gave up so you know, kind of an area of uh, of of weakness last year for this team was the amount of offensive rebounds and second chance points they gave up. Um, you know, they were really pretty good on the offensive glass. I want to say they were 13th in second chance points score. They've one of the higher top half offensive rebounding percentages, just defensive rebounding was just, they just too many possessions extended into two or three or four, you know, opportunities. And it just, for a team like the Hornets, they need to get rebounds and get live ball rebounds and go, you know, if they're taking the ball out of the net with this tempo that they want to play with, it's just, they're not able to do that when there's constant being makes on the other side. So to be, Again, very small sample size, uh, but to be around 11th or 10th in the NBA in defensive rebounding in the preseason so far is is encouraging. Um, mentioned the turnovers too. Last year they had they had the sixth uh, most sixth highest turnover percentage in the preseason. I think they finished like maybe ninth or tenth in the regular season, and right now they're eighth in the preseason. Um, I believe in turnover percentage too. So that's really encouraging. Uh, I think in terms of weaknesses, I think kind of the two that that sort of stood out a little bit um, health, obviously, but that's not something they can really control. I think a lot of guys missed some games, but mostly for precautionary reasons. Um, the three-point shooting, not, you know, wasn't a super high number, but I think that's something that will, I think, be fine by the regular season. They actually were, had the second lowest 
three-point percentage in the preseason last year and then finished sixth in the regular season too. So if there's any cause for concern, you just go back to that and say, all right, they're going to be fine. Um, and I think the other thing too that kind of stuck out a little bit, which I think was uncustomary of this team, but I think will will be fine by the regular season, is the assist percentage. Uh, I think they're 27th or 28th in assist percentage in the preseason. I want to say they were maybe third in the regular season last year. So um, percentage of field goals made that generated an assist too. So I think the ball movement got better as the, the preseason progressed. But um, and again, a lot of that comes down to making shots as well too. So you got to make the shots to get those assists. But uh, nothing that's like overly glaring or troublesome, just – you got to, like every other team in the league, there's a lot of good you're looking at and you got some stuff to improve on and the Hornets are no different. You mentioned about the uh, kind of the assist percentage. It was really, that that was really something that seemed to be something that uh, head coach Steve Clifford was praising in training camp. And it was, it was one of the strengths of training camp. And then, like you say, it got to the, the season and it, it the preseason, it didn't necessarily translate. But I think, and Mason Pulney like said this at one point, in one of the post games, like, but we're having good practices and that's why we're not worried because some of the, the, the weaknesses they were talking about, they, they kind of seems like they're seeing the positive side of that in, in the practices. And obviously it'll take a little bit of a hit now with, with the Lamello being out because he was just obviously such a creativity and playmaking hub and just, you know, love to get other people involved. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how the team kind of plays it out now with Terrorizier taking this more, lead ball handler roles, maybe more Dennis Smith Jr. as well. So, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, yeah and I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, I was going to add one more thing too, is like, especially with the social sort of lineups in preseason, I think Steve Clifford has really kind of emphasized, you look at some of these lineups and there's lineups that might never play together in the regular season. And you got to be sort of mindful with the minutes being played and with the injury factor. And you don't want guys playing too much. You, it's almost like get in, let's get the 18 minutes and let's get out. And then we'll work on building it after that too. So a lot of these lineups you're seeing are just ones that are kind of just there maybe by circumstance and not necessarily lineups you're going to be playing in the regular season. So it's, it's, you know, can be challenged and kind of compartmentalize how guys are looking when knowing that they may not necessarily be playing in that particular role, that particular position with these certain players, your ideal fit is going to be more so maybe they're playing more in the second unit or the first unit instead of kind of with the, you know, the, the deeper reserves too. So um, yeah, that's all I was going to say again, nothing that it would be too overly alarming, but you, you definitely start to see, I think it's good to see some of the points of emphasis in training camp have are either there already or have gotten better as the preseasons, you know, transpired. And something that I've noticed as well, or now after you brought up the the stats that they've had in terms of the points of emphasis from Coach Clifford this year, is like we said, it's largely the same group of players that are improving in like pretty significantly in the preseason in certain areas, which would indicate that the message from coach Clifford is getting across pretty quickly, given that he has really only had about a, less than a month to work with these players in the gym every day. Do you think that that's like one of the benefits of hiring a coach that's not only familiar with Charlotte and the Hornets itself, but is just a veteran guy that can come in and kind of adapt his own terminology and make it easier for players that are there now? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of adjustment. Every time you have a new head coach come in and, and new staff, there's, you know, it's just different styles of leadership. And I think, you know, talking to the guys in training camp, I mean, it, it's not a secret that 
the team's defense needs to improve this season. I think they finished 22nd last year, obviously talked about the defensive rebounding, which I'm sure played kind of a big role in the defensive struggles last season. Um, you know, that they, you know, they know that that is an area that needs to improve this season and, you know, Clips track record, you know, he's been at the helm of, top, you know, multiple top 10 defenses, multiple top 10 offenses in the league as well. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's a point of emphasis. I mean, you know, I think it's kind of assumed they need more balanced play. It can't just be an offensive, you know, can't just be all about offense. You got to get stops. And the more stops you get, the more it's going to help the offense too. This team was, I think, in the top maybe one to two teams last year in percentage of transition plays that went off a live ball rebound too. I mean, if they can just get more defensive rebounds and get more stops and just get the ball rolling, I think it's going to help the offense even more than what we saw last year. I mean, that offense was really good considering kind of the struggles at the other end. I mean, they got really good at, you know, taking and, you know, pushing the pace off makes even. So um, yeah, I think it's, it's point of emphasis, but I don't think it was anything like super surprising coming into camp that, Hey, these are kind of areas improvement. I think it's kind of assumed you know, by the way, the group is, you know, we know where we need to get better. And, you know, definitely heard that on media day. So who so far do you think are some of the players that have stood out the most to you uh, through the preseason and training camp? I know the team hasn't necessarily been the healthiest uh, in the last couple of weeks, but who has done the best job uh, through, for the team in this preseason, do you think? I think the guy that has stood out to me the most has been Nick Richards. Um, I think Cliff has talked numerous times. He talked to like a media luncheon and then on media day as well about one of the guys he was most impressed with was Nick Richards. And um, until you, and when you first saw it in the preseason games, okay, now you see the difference a little bit. I think it's been, you know, it's been a tough two years, I think for that, that draft class particularly because, you know, they didn't have a, didn't have a summer league to start off with such a fast rookie year with, you know, not really any G League season and, and COVID playing such a factor. And even last year was a shortened off season. And this was like kind of the first normal off season for that rookie class. And I think Nick has taken a really big advantage of it. He plays to his, his, his strengths, rebounds, sets great screens, great shot blocker, converts around the rim, makes free throws too. I think he was a 70% free throw shooter last year. He, he's got great touch. He can, you know, hit a little mid range. I mean, he's, I, I was really impressed, you, you know, hearing Cliff talk about it and then, you know, seeing it in action, you're like, okay, I see why he's really impressed. So I would say Nick Richards has been really, really impressive. And I'm excited for him personally, just because, you know, it's been a tough first couple of years just with, you know, the way the situation played out with and, and kind of the pecking order of the center position. But I think he's got a real opportunity this year to get some, some rotational minutes for sure. I think he was, he was my same guy. I had him down as number one as well. I think, like you say, we, we heard that uh, from Coach Clifford, and you, I think you even saw it all the way back to Summer League, you know, when we were there, and he played, I think he only played two games, but in those two games, he was clearly the best Hornet on the floor and the best player on the floor at, at times. Um, and I think that also goes, you talk about defensive rebounding, that's something that, that Nick Richards is going to help with, because obviously last year they played a lot of P.J. Washington at the five behind Mason Plumley, and, you know, now playing Mason Plumley and Nick Richards, you've got a lot more size there, a lot more probably physicality, um, and that also allows kind of PJ to maybe play his more natural position at, at power forward. And Clifford has always liked play, having size at his position and having PJ play the four, Nick at the five. You know, that sometimes puts Jalen McDaniels down to the three. All of a sudden, the team looks uh, looks a lot longer there. And you talk about that balance playing, trying to find that, that happy medium between being a good offense and being a good defense. And I think 
this team should hopefully be a little bit more balanced this year in terms of, of its approach. Um, Chase, would, would Nick Richards be your guy as well from the preseason? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from especially given where he was at at this point last preseason, I there I, I think I don't think anybody was really expecting him to be the backup center last at the beginning of last mm-hmm. year, and now even the coach has pretty firmly planted him as uh, the number two center on the depth chart. So he's he's come a long way in one calendar year. So I'm I'm I'm, ex- I'm really excited to watch Nick get regular I, minutes this year. I mean, I I'd even say there's chance for him to make a a push for the starting unit at some point. Uh, I think everything will be played for during the season, and if he makes the most of his opportunity, he might. He might be able to make a play for that starting role as well. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this year plays out with Nick Richards. But there's there's always there always seems to be a, a kind of a, a Hornets player in preseason that it's, it's someone kind of under the radar, under the radar that fans aren't normally speaking about, and they always seem to break out. You know, last year it was Jalen McDaniels, year before it was Devontae Graham. These guys they're not necessarily the first list of people who you, you kind of name when you think of the Hornets, but it always seems to play out that way that it's just the, the the guy you're expecting least or least in the conscious of the fan base always seems to come through it or it seems that way the last few years um you, you talk about some of the newest additions that fans might expect to see on the floor this year so dennis smith jr uh bryce mcgowan's mark williams and also i think we could probably add terry maliodon who i know you just uh, wrote an article about on hornets.com which if you want to learn more about Taylor Maladon, and you, you, maybe you missed the signing. I suggest you go read Sam's latest piece uh, for that. But yeah, it'd be good to get your thoughts on some of the new additions and what you can maybe expect to see, uh, which of those you maybe see making the most impact this season and, and who you are excited to see the most. Yeah, um, I'll start with Dennis. Um, you know, great story, obviously, kind of coming back home, you know, played at NC State and then, you know, got drafted by Dallas you know, was kind of went into the league, I think is sort of this high octane scoring, you know, pressure on the rim kind of guy. And, uh, you know, things kind of changed in Dallas. They got Luca, he got traded to New York, really wanted him and they got traded to Detroit and then up in Portland. And it's just been in some, some, you know, maybe tough situations to kind of really develop him. And he got, I know he got hurt in Portland last year. And I think he feels really rejuvenated here. And I, huge credit to Dennis too, because, you know, at 24, I think he's just 24 years old. He's kind of reinvented himself a little bit more as a, you know, really good on-ball defender, a guy that, you know, he's got a little bit of an offensive game in the sense of, I mean, he can still put pressure on the rim. He's still crazy athletic, fast. Uh, you've seen a little bit of his mid-range too. He can get in the lane, get in the paint. Um, really impressed with Dennis so far. I think it was in that Washington game um, last week. He had a stretch where he came into the second quarter. One, it felt like he made like two blocks and a steal or two steals and a block in like a 90 second span over like three or four possessions too. So I really like what I've seen from Dennis too. And I think it's really impressive. You know, sometimes when you come into the league and you have the kind of success that he had initially, and then to have to pivot away from that and sort of reinvent your game. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially for, you know, really young players like he was at the time, 22, 23 years old. Um, the rookies, Mark and Bryce have been tremendous. I think Mark has been, really picking things up quickly. Um, I think that was something Clifford said earlier in the summer and you see it. Um, something that really impressed me in particular was also in that Washington game. Uh, you can see how good he can be at guarding in space. Uh, he got switched on to Porzingis a couple times. Um, and it was only like a two, it was probably like a three or four play sequence, but had Porzingis out on the perimeter. Um, very, obviously very tough guy to guard, especially with his height and length, the way he can get in just, 
Mark read everything perfectly on it. Like just switching, staying with them. You know, when he tried to drive the lane, stayed in front of him, didn't foul, didn't overextend or anything, forced up a tough shot. And that was like the first, I think I've referenced it a couple times. I was like, okay, he's going to be good. He, I think Mark is going to be really, really good. Just that was takes my favorite li- overall play from the preseason right yeah. there. That, that one where he got into Pozingis, that, that's yeah. the thing that I think got, that, that for me stood out as the most, the single play. Yeah, and it's not something that's going to make like the highlight reel, but seeing it and you're like, okay, he's it should. He's, <laughs> yeah, it should. It's not. It's not like the, you know, the the half court alley oop or anything like that, or you know, dunking over somebody. But you see that and you're like, okay, now this they got something here. So it just takes time with the centers too. I mean, it just the physicality is a big, you know, it just takes a little bit to get the physicality. The you know, the defense is so much different. There's so much more spacing in the NBA than it is in college too. But I, I really like Mark and, and the other rookie Bryce um, looks a lot more comfortable than I thought he would. I saw it on summer league. I mean, really fluid, really smooth mechanics. I mean, looks as soon as he stepped on the floor at summer league, hey, this is a guy that looks like he belongs. Um, I think there were maybe some, you never really know because he came from a program that, um, you know, not exactly a traditional basketball powerhouse in Nebraska, and you put up some really nice numbers, but, you know, how much it's hard to tell when, you know, the team wasn't winning a ton of games too, but really impressed with Bryce, great attitude, another, you know, awesome story kind of being from right down the road too. Um, You know, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes, you know, start off a lot of minutes at Greensboro, but, you know, has looked good in the minutes he's gotten in Charlotte in the preseason so far too. And then, uh, you mentioned Theo. Uh, appreciate the plug. Yeah, um, spoke with Theo the other day. I think he's very excited for the the new opportunity in Charlotte. I think you know very high, high, highly regarded recruit coming out of or highly regarded prospect and coming out of Europe. And you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but I think you know I think he got hurt his last year at Asheville and. Um, with the pandemic hitting, I don't think he got a chance to play in the, the French playoffs and Euro League and stuff. But um, James, you can probably attest to that. With you know, guys his age don't start on Euro League teams. They don't start for high level top tier teams in France and Spain and places like that. Um, so he's got some real talent. I think Oklahoma City, I think, was just a tough fit. I think they just have so many young guys that you know it just kind of became. You know, they had to kind of move on from some guys a little earlier than they thought, but I think he's really excited for his opportunity here. He's got great size, about 6'4". He's got great, you know, experience being in Europe, just played at Eurobasket with France. Um, at the, uh, he was by far the youngest guy on that French team, too, when they, they won a silver medal. I think he was the youngest guy in maybe five or six years. So he's got some real talent and he's still only 21 years old i think this is a good opportunity for him to kind of reset things a bit and, and, and get a fresh start here yeah i think with with say with me and chase were talking before the podcast we we both remembered he had a very good game against the hornets for okc i think he had 25 points five rebounds five assists and everyone was a bit like who's the second round pick rookie who's starting for okc and was carving us up at the time so um yeah i i think look, you're absolutely right Guys that age being playing at the top level of Europe doesn't doesn't happen that often. And he made the French national team ahead of some other much more experienced players. So I definitely think he's, you know, an interesting prospect. And what I'm really excited about is, you know, having him probably spending some time in Greensboro as well. I mean, I know he's already played, what, two seasons in the NBA. He's played 116 games in the NBA already. There's, mm-hmm. there's not many, you know, you don't get many essentially free agents at the age they are, two years experience, you've played that many games. But for him to be in Greensboro, that must, well, I think, really help some of those other players develop, whether it's 
McGowan's, JT Thor, Kai Jones, those guys down in Greensboro, you've suddenly got an NBA caliber point guard who is being able to to dish you up and make this life that little bit easier. And you've got Jalen Crutcher probably up there as well, who uh, had a really good first season with the Swarm last year. So I think the, the Greensboro Swarm team is looking really stacked, I think, this year. And will just be a, a, a better environment because I think we saw a little bit at times um, in, in Summer League, probably last year and this year, where if your team doesn't have a, a ball handler or a really kind of quality lead ball handler, it can sometimes make it a lot harder for your bigger guys on the team to get involved and get the touches, get the ball where they want. So, yeah, interested to see how Teo gets on this year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, that's a great point. I think it's, you know, the G League games can, you know, be sometimes a little rough around the edges from an organizational or organizing standpoint, um, just offensively. And when you've got a guy that has the experience that he has, I think it's going to make everybody else better. And, you know, maybe there's an opportunity down the line for him. I mean, like you said, you don't, you know, guys with his experience, both internationally and in the NBA. Um, I mean, I, I love the pickup. I, I'm, you know, rooting for him, obviously. And it, it's exciting because I, I think he's got real chance to kind of, you know, restart his I wouldn't say his career was in a bad situation at all. I just think he just it just was in a tough position in Oklahoma City and there's just so many guys coming in that it's just not not enough to go around. You know, not enough developmental resources to go around too. But he's excited and, and I think that's a great point what you said. If you got a guy that kind of, you know, table setter for lack of a better word, it, it makes things so much easier for the rest of the guys up there as well. And then lastly you just uh, just last thing from me, you talked about Dennis Smith Jr. And that role he's had, I thought very similar to Michael Carter Williams, you know, Mm -hmm. how he was in Charlotte with Steve Covid last time. And he started in Philadelphia, lottery pick, started really well, uh, got traded, tough situation and ended up in kind of a backup role as a kind of energy defender. And I think you could almost maybe see Dennis Smith Jr. probably maybe more of a a ball handler than Michael Carter Williams was in Charlotte, it seems from the preseason so far. But do you think that kind of role could be, something that Dennis Smith Jr. could could look to kind of replicate here? Oh, absolutely. I think that's a great comparison. Um, Michael Carter-Williams, I think, was a little bit bigger, but not, you know, very similar starts of the career. You know, put up a lot of big numbers. Michael Carter-Williams, I believe, was was rookie of the year. Dennis was all rookie team, all rookie second team. And then, um, you know, just kind of got moved around a little bit and couldn't necessarily find a footing. And then injury started playing a role. And, you know, Michael Carter-Williams became a – um, very, very good defender. I mean, you know, you know, it could get to the basket, things like that. But I, I really like that that role. I think it's I think Dennis is gonna fit in really well here. I think it's I think he's you know, you see him playing a little bit more with Lamelo and Terry and um it's great to see it. I mean it, it's been a tough couple of years for him and just to have that opportunity and to kind of reinvent yourself a little bit. Um it's it's fun to watch from the outside for sure. But yeah, I, I think that's a really good comparison, definitely. I'm really excited to see all of these guys because I think everybody we've talked about has a chance to carve themselves some real regular season minutes, especially the guys that play in the backcourt. Lamelo and Terry, or Lamelo's out. Terry's an established veteran, but after that, they're they're all kind of in a position to be able to play themselves into a real rotation spot. So I think the next the first couple of weeks of the regular season are going to be very exciting for us Hornets fans. But for you, Sam, what are you looking forward to most? this year i know we've had a little more time to get excited Mm -hmm. about basketball i feel like there's a lot more uh excitement in the air this time of year than than there has been the last couple seasons with the seasons all back to back 
Yeah, I think, you know, it might sound, it might be kind of a boring answer, but I just like watching these guys get better. I really do. And kind of seeing their, you know, you see them come in and, you know, some of them come in as rookies that are, you know, kind of go through the growing pains the first year and you're going to Greensboro and not really getting a whole lot of minutes. And then you have year after year after year and you know, year four and year five, and all of a sudden they're contributing at a very high level as rotational players. Cody Martin, great example of that. You know, he spent time in the G league. Uh, Jalen, I want to say spent most of his rookie season in the G league and, you know, played a little bit sparingly towards the end of the season, but to kind of see where those guys started and where they are now, I mean, you know, Nick Richards, another good example. I mean, every guy that's come in, you know, every young player that's come in these last couple of years has gotten better. And I, I personally just kind of like seeing that development because it's, it's fun to see what they started out as and they slowly kind of add something and add something and add something. And all of a sudden they're, you know, you know, Cody Martin first couple of years, three point shooting was just, you know, something could never really, you know, it's just kind of a challenging challenging area for him and last year he was 39 percent. he was i think was leading the nba at 1.3 point percentage in the high 40s too so watching that kind of stuff is fun i mean it's just it's fun to see these guys when you talk to them and get to know them to see them have the success after all the work they put in it's really uh it's really cool to kind of see it up close and personal i think that's my biggest tip for anyone who you know may, maybe you're, you're frustrated that your team doesn't win every week but but buying into like watching people on your team get better, I think is where like you take a lot of the satisfaction. People around watching the Bobcats teams, you know, that's that's what you had to buy into was, oh, look, you know, someone's added something to the game there. That's that's good to look at. And I think that's that's just really important to buy into. You can't, there's a bunch of things you can't control. You can't control injuries. You can't control what other teams are doing and moves that they're making and where the Hornets might fall in the pecking order of the Eastern Conference. But you can see guys taking little steps every 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 game, every ten games, and I think if if you ever kind of want a way of like how can I if things aren't going the way maybe with the wins and losses, how can I enjoy it? That's where I'd really advise you to try and to buy into that. Definitely. Okay, so we want to get from you before you uh, get out of here. Just a a breakout player prediction for the Charlotte Hornets here. Um, and as this is the vault, we are gonna we're gonna make you lock in that prediction into the vault here. So, Sam, you want to give us who, who you think is gonna break out on this Hornets roster this year? Um, I use the breakout in the sense of a guy I think is gonna take a pretty big step forward this year. I think is gonna be PJ Washington. I think getting him, like you mentioned, getting him back to his more natural stretch four position. Uh, which you saw in the later half of last year after they brought Montrez Harrell in. I think he can play small ball five. And I think it's a great uh, thing to kind of have in your back pocket, but I like PJ as a four. I think if he can get back to where he was from like shooting his corner threes, his second season, I think it was really, really good in that area. Um, that defense has gotten a lot better. Post moves have gotten a lot better. He can put the ball on the floor. I think this is the year that he can take a big step forward, start putting everything together on both ends, and he's going to have a real opportunity. So uh, I'm going to go with P.J. Washington. Chase, are you sharing the P.J. Washington breakout vibes? I think that's – yeah, I think I probably would. I, didn't, I haven't really thought about it all that much, honestly, but I think that is probably the prime candidate, especially because his role uh, – Sam spoke to it has, – has been – changing so much he's played small ball five he when he was drafted nobody really expected him to start and by opening night he was the starting four uh he got hurt that year and then i wasn't necessarily just in the same starting role for the rest of the year and this year 
he's going for basically for the first time since opening night in his rookie year, he is firmly entrenched as the starting four. And I think that that's going to do a lot for him. Everything that he said and like media availabilities and stuff just makes it seem like he's like totally locked in, had a really good summer uh, getting himself right and working on his game and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, he, he's a bit such a good shooter too, that I feel like that really lends itself well to having big scoring nights as we saw the first time he ever wore a Hornets uniform I think we could see a lot more of that this year like the four five six threes in a game and then all of a sudden PJ Washington has 30 points yeah and I know he's coming to the season in the best shape of his life um there's been a few comments around that he's really committed to the kind of getting in the gym and and just improves his more matured as a professional athlete so I, I think it's safe to say PJ Washington you are the vault's official breakout season for the upcoming year Okay, um, that's everything we had on our list there, Sam. Um, thanks so much for coming on, um, and best of luck for the season. I, I, are you, you going to be on the road much with the team this year, or are you not sure yet? No, probably. I probably uh, I haven't been on the road in a few years. I kind of I kind of stay bunkered down in Charlotte. I don't really go anywhere for a few months. Uh, get away here and there, uh, but for the most part, I think you know I'll kind of just be there. I'll be at the home games and just watching them at home and on the road too. So yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Really appreciate it. And uh, excited for this week. And you got to get things going and not just in Charlotte, but you know, around the league, this is a fun week. Just kind of seeing everything take off comes fast, but fast and fun. Yeah. There is a serious amount of talent in the NBA right now. I mean, you look around the league, you look at all the lists of guys who could be all-stars this year, just in the Eastern conference alone. And it makes you realize, wow, you know, this, this league has got way more talented, um, even compared to five, six years ago. And I think that highlights it from that 43-win team last year that finished as a as a 10th seed, I think just, just shows how hard it is again. And I think this year could be even more competitive. But for now, that is everything from me, Chase, and Sam. We'll be coming back to you after the advert break from DraftKings. And after the break, you're going to be hearing from Jalen McDaniels on his offseason, everything he's been working on, training camp, preseason, and getting to know some of the Hornets teammates a little bit more. So make sure you stay tuned in for the Jalen McDaniels interview and we will catch you after the break. New for the 2022-23 season, allhornets.com and the podcast network have partnered with The Crown Club, a fan union group affiliated with the Roaring Riot to deliver the ultimate Charlotte Hornets fan experience. Whether you're wanting to get to know other Hornets fans, connect with people, be part of the Hornets fan community, you go join Crown Club now. They're going to be putting on loads of events all year and there's a couple coming up which we want to tell you about. Firstly, there's the season opener watch party. That's happening at Divine Barrel Brewing Company in October the 19th. You get free pizza, giveaways and even a Crown Club Colch can if you go. All welcome, you don't require membership. After that, you've got the home open tailgate. That's at the local downtown Central Charlotte and it's open to the public. There'll be a keg for everyone that goes to the Crown Club tab, and Crown Club members get free food, just like at every other home game. And then, if you're already a member or you want to try an away trip, look at the ATL Takeover. Be part of a group of hardcore Hornets fans traveling down to ATL on a luxury bus for an unforgettable weekend. To find out more details, go to the Crown Club website. We're thrilled to have Crown Club as a partner for the All Hornets Podcast Network for the 2022-23 season, and we can't wait to get to some of the events ourselves.
NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 free in free bets if your team wins. So start off the season well, start off your season winning bets with DraftKings. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings with stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook today, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with bigger payouts than ever before. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Straight away, what I'm focusing on early in the season is unders. So I have the Hornets at Spurs under points total. The Oklahoma City, Minnesota Timberwolves, under points total. Lakers, Warriors, under points total. Start the season, offenses are always behind. We've had a shortened preseason, only four games, five games now, much shorter than it used to be. So I really like trying to look at some of these unders with some of these teams that look like they might have struggling offenses this year. And it will take a while for the lines to adjust. So I'm going unders straight away from the off. That's what I advise you do too. So, if you want to join me, and I've put some of my very own money on that single bet there, what you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and legibility restrictions apply. Please see the show notes for details. Thank you for joining us, Jalen. I'm very excited for this. Um, My name is Chase. I do podcasting for the All Hornets website. My main job is actually for the main Celtics or Red Claws, I guess, probably would be how you recognize them from when you played here. I I actually saw saw you play a game here. Yeah, it would have been your rookie Rookie year. Yeah, Yeah, you and and Caleb were both up here. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, I thought, was that the game that Tremont Waters had like some crazy-ass buzzer beater? Wait, did he have fifty? Yeah, but he had a buzzer beater and he had like thirty or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. that's what. It, okay, yeah, I remember that was that was a wild game. This is all this all coming back to me now. I didn't really think that until then, but yeah. So that, that's I'm I work for the Celtics. I do this uh do this podcast and yeah. We thanks again for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me. Cool, man. So yeah, first thing we just wanted to speak to you about was I looked. This was your first normal off season since being drafted, right? You had yeah. the draft. And then you had COVID off seasons, everything like mm-hmm. that. So I guess, what did you look like? What did you get up to this summer, having a, a full summer, both like from a, I guess from a non-basketball perspective first, uh, mm-hmm. what, what did you get up to this summer? Uh, honestly, I was here in Charlotte, like working out. And then like a month, I went to like San Diego to work out or whatever. Uh, went to California. So and I was there not working out. I was like hanging with my friends, playing 2K, chilling, enjoying the weather, just you know, uh, doing stuff other than basketball every day. So, um, do you get abroad for a holiday at all or vacation? I should say. You said what again? You get away for a vacation at all this summer? Uh, vacation. I went to like St. Martin, uh, for a little couple of days, but other than that, I was in the States just going back and forth, California, Miami, you know, stuff like that. I was moving around a little bit. And speaking of NBA 2K there, um, have you played other people on the, the Hornets roster? What's, what's the standard uh-huh. of competition like? See, everybody got Xbox. I mean, PS5. I'm an Xbox guy, so I ain't played none of them. 
I haven't played none of my teammates, so I'm on the park with some of my friends. You know, we trying to run the park through the rec, all that. So yeah. I see. I think Mark I see Williams. PJ playing 2K all the time. Does he? Yeah. Is he on PS5? He's on PS5. I'm gonna have to just get it just to like play. I don't know. Yeah, I, really I mean, PS5, you got you got to show them what's up. It sounds like. No, exactly. Facts. They missing out. <laughs> uh, yeah, Chase, you go ahead. Yeah. So, all it seems like throughout training camp, Coach Clifford has kind of spoken pretty highly of you whenever he gets the opportunity in press conferences and stuff. So. What is it like working with a new coaching staff? This is the first time you've gone through that as an NBA player. I'm sure yeah. it's like difficult in some ways, but you know, nice to get a fresh face in. And others, do you think that mm-hmm. um, the season's going to change, or your approach to the season's going to change with a new coach? Uh, I feel like our approach and practice uh, has kind of changed from last year. Like it's just more focus, work, detail, work. Uh, uh, I would say not like not like doing all these like extra drills five, 10 drills, you know, I feel like we're just getting to it right there. Like when we come in, we're uh, walking through plays or like the defense or like the other team, what to expect. Like, we're just not wasting time. I feel like we're just straight to everything like defense, offense uh, plays, do a few breakdown drills here and there. So I feel like it's pretty good. Uh, And uh, what else? What was my bad? What was else in your question? What else you asked? Do you think that your individual role or anything like their play style is going to change at all this year uh, uh, with going from Borrego to Cliff? Honestly, I just feel like I'm a type of player, just versatile player. You can plug me in anywhere, I feel like. So I feel like I'm going to be just fine, you know, just doing the things I do, playing hard, uh, playing great defense and just hitting my open shots and just taking advantage of my opportunity. So I feel like I'm going to be good, you know, just like a chameleon. You can throw me in, you feel me? I'm going to be good. Exactly. Adaptable. I like it. Yeah. And um, I, I noticed, especially in like the first preseason game, you, I thought you seemed a little bit more like aggressive, confident mm-hmm. with the ball in your hands, like taking people off the dribble, yeah. you know, t- making your own shot. Is is that mm-hmm. something you're trying to be incorporate more into your game this year? Um, yeah, I feel like it's always just been a part of me. It's just like I never really got to like show it as much. You feel me? So I feel mm-hmm. like going through the year, just me having the ball in my hands, whatever, just being confident and comfortable with it. Uh, it's just all. Cause I worked on it, you know. So like, when you see it, it's just like, oh, Jalen just really did. Like, not like I really work on this, you know. Like, it's not fake. Like, uh, yeah. so it's like y'all should see more of it, and just me just being more comfortable and just expanding my game. It, it actually reminded me of watching you in Greensboro when like yeah. you kind of explored, like explored mm-hmm. the territory a little bit more and had a little bit more of the ball. And um, mm-hmm. so you know, two three years later, a little little bit bigger and stronger, but looking exactly. like the same guy. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Got that effect. So last year, I mean, this is one of the my favorite things to watch, like for in the entire Hornets team the last couple of years mm-hmm. is watching how much better you've gotten more consistent mm-hmm. as a shooter. But you should last year. You I don't know if you're aware of this, but you shot 44 percent um, on non corner threes, like at the top of the key and 32 percent on uh, yeah, corners, which corner. usually it's like the reverse. Like yeah. since the corners a little shorter. You shoot a higher percentage. Are you like mm-hmm. more comfortable? shooting from up there than than the corner is that or do you think it's just a coincidence what's crazy is i was really like corner god like they like g league like like yeah. you can't miss a corner three like like if you miss we on you but like for some reason last year the corners wasn't like my favorite this for some reason they wasn't dropping like usual but uh above the break i feel like that summer uh i worked on a lot of above the break threes because the year before that corner was the strong my strong point so like we're like all right we got to get above the break and so um i don't know i just 
I don't know. The corner wasn't wasn't messing with me. I guess this, this year. I don't know. But yeah, I <laughs> yeah, got maybe, maybe it'll even out this year. You'll yeah, you feel me? I need shooting to shooting like forty percent above the break mm-hmm. and the corner. We get both. That'd be lovely. And then for the upcoming year, Jalen, have you got any personal goals that you've set yourself for the upcoming season? Uh, personal goals. Um, personal goals. Honestly, I just want to. My personal goals is be better than last year. You know, just like averaging more points, rebounds, assists, just the whole nine. You know, just being a becoming a better player than last year. That's that's my goals, honestly, and uh, like field goal percentage, just everything just going up. You know. So, yeah, I, yeah, I know. Last year you had that ankle injury, and when you came back, mm-hmm. I, I think I remember seeing your end of season press you, you were like i thought i'd be able to just get back in there and be fine yeah. and it was really different but um but yeah, yeah i mean if you can like play the way you did kind of before that and then after that was it the miami yeah. game or whatever where you started mm-hmm. to pick it back up again put together a full season like that i'm sure you'd be happy with that exactly that's exactly exactly what i'm aiming for so we, we mentioned this a little bit already but I feel like you're a guy that's gotten a lot stronger and seems to like mm-hmm. work on their body quite a bit since entering the NBA. How do you think that that's like benefited you the most as a player? Like what have you gotten better at in, in turn uh, getting stronger? Honestly, it's just like the physicality of the game. Just you don't really notice it uh, until you're playing, until you're game 50, you feel me? And then like you're on a back-to-back and then you're playing those, like the Lakers or something. They got big guys, like, and you, yeah, yeah, you, you got to play physical in the post. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it really matters. Your body wears down. So, like, staying on, like, the weightlifting and just, like, eating right, it really matters, you know. So, when them games come, like, you're kind of fresh um, and ready for this, that physical load, you know. So, I feel like that really helped me a lot. Uh, just made me get stronger and, like, finishing plays when I'm getting to the rim, like, two feet. You know, bumping a guy, you know, and still uh, finishing through contact. So I feel like it's helped me a lot. And um, speaking of getting stronger, I think rookies, Mark Williams, Bryce McGowan's, they've both said that's an area of focus for them. Mm-hmm. Kind of what have you seen out of those guys so far? I know fans are really excited to see both those guys, but what have you made of, of both those? I, I know you talked about Mark shooting a little bit in training camp, uh, but what are your thoughts on, on Mark and Bryce? Uh, Bryce, I feel like he's going to be a smart player. You know, he's already smart. Uh, he has a great pace to the game, plays well. Uh, remember, we was in the game. He got back down or something. He's like, damn, he's strong. I'm like, yeah, boy. <laughs> like, this is real now. Like, He's like, why he have to do all that extra stuff? I'm like, yeah, bro, it's real now. They at you. Like, you just got to be prepared. But, you know, I feel like he's he's been doing good. And Mark, uh, he's been doing well as well. Just on the defensive end at practice, you know, altering shots, being that big body, grabbing boards, and, you know, offense, making an easy touch shot, lob. So I feel like they're both been pretty good. Uh I can't wait for their future. So. And and have any of them had any uh, funny rookie jobs that you can share with us yet? Uh, honestly, they haven't been that bad. Like they don't, we don't really be making everybody do some extra stuff. We be like, turn the showers on. Can you grab this? Can you grab that? So like, we haven't made them do nothing yet. So uh, they they got off, get off free free card or whatever. Did, uh, you, did you, yeah, you guys got to send them to a restaurant? get with like a $500 bill be like, all right, yeah, we got a buffet for the flight. Get it. It's San, San Antonio. I might've just, just coming. They going to do something. They need, they going to pay what they owe. <laughs> they going to do something. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. Did, uh, did you have to do anything as a rookie? You can remember. Is there anything that sticks out? Rookie. Honestly, honest. I was in Greensboro. So uh, maybe I dodged a lot of the rookie duties. So really they just had me like turn the showers on, like get the towels. I didn't really have to do too much. Like yeah, that was about it. 
Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. But so you, uh, this, uh, the Hornets have a lot of brotherly connections in the NBA. You, uh, Caleb and Cody Martin, Lamelo and Leangelo. But I want to know if, first of all, if this has ever happened, and if it hasn't, then what would the results of it be? Have you and Jaden and Caden or Caleb and Cody ever played two v two, and who who would win in that matchup? I know you you and Jaden have the height, yeah, so that might help, but. Two v two. I'm gonna say me and Jaden. We're gonna win. All Cody right, and Caleb. You, you know, it's gonna be a hard game because we all four of us are gonna play hard. You know, Cody and Caleb playing hard, diving. They might dive on two on two. So, you no, know, yeah, it's good. they're taking charges me? for sure. Facts. Uh, I feel like that should be a good game, but I'm taking me and my little bro over the twins for sure. So, are you are you excited to watch? Jaden play this year. I mean, he came into the mm-hmm. league. He's made a made a mark already. The, yeah. the Timberwolves just got Rudy Gobert. They've mm-hmm. taken a pretty big step forward in terms of expectations. I said, is that something you're excited to watch from uh-huh. afar this year? Yeah, I'm excited. You know, just seeing my little brother just just even starting. That's crazy. Like you know, yeah. just just out there just playing. Like I always knew he was not. We whole family always knew he was like the one. You know, so it's just like crazy. He's out here doing this on the NBA floor and he's only like 21, 22. So it's just crazy to me. So just well, to watch it. You're not, you're not doing too bad yourself, Jalen. Yeah, anyway. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, how often do people confuse you for your brother? Bro, all the time. Like people really be like uh, seeing him, like they'd be like Jaden, like I'll be getting more Jaden's like, bro, Jaden, like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? I'll just be playing it off. Like, yo, what's up, bro? Jaden, I'm Jaden. <laughs> you know, just messing with you. But like, yeah, I'm Jaden today, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I mean right. they got it mostly right. Anyway, it's just just one letter. Yeah, literally, like, it's cool. I'm gonna play it off. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, like people have been like, yo, Jaden McDaniel, like, yo, what's up? Let's take a pick. Like, all right. I, I tag, think it's really they'll tag. They'll tag like me on Instagram, but like me and my brother or something. It's all type of crazy stuff. <laughs> I, awesome. I think it's really your parents' fault for Jaden and Jay is so similar, right? Literally like, similar, like yeah, literally. Um, right, just a couple of quick hit one-word answers just to finish, uh, Jalen, and thanks a lot for your time again. Yes, uh, some questions about your teammates, some fun mm-hmm. ones here. So just wh- whichever jumps first into your mind, just, just throw it out there. So firstly, best handles on the team? Oh, Terry Rozier, for sure. Okay, worst music taste on the team? Kai Jones. Last year, he said he was a rapper too, so I'm surprised. No. That... See, you see what I mean? Like, yeah, he said he was a rapper. No, yeah, right no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best one on one defender on the team, me, best one on one defender, me or Cody. It gotta be me or Cody. I was hoping you're gonna say yourself. I like that yeah, self confidence. Cody. Cody. Uh, biggest joker on the team, Damn. probably me, <laughs> probably me or Melo. Me or Mello. Nice. All right. So during the practice scrimmages, who complains the most? Who gets on the coaches for making wrong calls or missed call or anything like that? Nick. Nick Richards always like, <laughs> hey, bro, be like, like, no, Nick, that's not a foul. Like, it's okay, bro. He'd be hot. I, too. I you gotta call it. Be so hot. Like, bro, just relax. Not a foul. Not a foul. <laughs> you, you guys got to get some some refs in there. No, nah, sure even at the refs, he'd be mad. He'd be like, that's a foul. He'd be pressing <laughs> on You could get a fine from the NBA in practice. Literally. Technical Practice uh, right. Yeah, for real. Who's the, the hardest worker on the team? Who's the, who's in the gym every morning after you get there? Uh, 
that's tough. It's a few of them. I say everybody be in there to be honest at our own time. There we go. I can't even lie to you. <laughs> there we go. That's what that's what we like to hear. I feel like we all might have an answer to this one before you say it. But who has the worst fashion sense on the team? Who has the worst fashion sense? Who are y'all about to say? I see. I feel like anytime the Hornets social media does mm-hmm. this kind of question to the spotlight, it's either Gordon or Mason. Yeah, but I feel like the, the, the thirty, the thirty-plus year olds. Yeah, let's just, yeah, they ain't lagging in that department. Yeah, let's just be honest, Gordon, Mace. Yeah. Hey, they don't even honestly. They don't even care. They're just like, bro. I don't exactly. Care. Like, I'm just putting what I have on. Like, who cares? I can't believe you're doing Plum Dog Millionaire like that, Chase. That's my um, man. But I know the truth. I, the truth. It, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> tell the truth. Yes. Yeah, All right. I'll, I'll who I'll set you up with one here? Who's the best shooter on the team? Best shooter, really like best shooter, like ah, that's tough. It might have to be Terry again. Terry, Ooh, there we go. Do you guys Terry's- do a lot of uh, practice three point shooting competitions? Yeah, that that's exactly what I'm saying, Terry. He'll be down, like we'll be in front of him three spots, and he'll just be like, oh, I'm about to come back. He'll say it, and he'll just come back. I'm like, damn. He really did. Like, he just put pressure on us. We started missing and shit. I mean, stuff. And he just starts going crazy. He, he seems like he'd be the one to get the most fired up for a practice exactly. shooting drill. So that that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's that's everything that we wanted to chat to you about. Uh, okay. Thanks for stopping off, taking the yes, time. Sir. And um, I know you'll be looking forward to the fans coming out mm-hmm. for the first home, home opener late this week. And yeah, it should be, uh, should we're be all packed. excited to see, see the season get up and running. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all, bros. All right. Thank Best you, luck for the season, Jalen. Yeah, thanks. Y'all stay up. And that was Jalen McDaniels, Hornets Forward. Um, thanks so much for Jalen for joining me and Chase. Um, it was a really good conversation to have to start the season. I think last year we obviously had Kai Jones on beginning of the season. That was a really fun discussion. And I thought Jalen was great as well and, and got into the spirit with some of the fun questions at the end. Um, so best of luck to Jalen McDaniels for the season. Um, I think he's got a real chance to, to contribute this year and start the season in the regular rotation, which would be great for him. Um, and yeah, excited to see what this Hornets team actually do when they're kind of all back out on the floor together. Uh, I know the preseason hasn't necessarily been uh, what everyone would want from it and Lamelo's going to be injured to start the year, but it, you just can't help but get excited on opening night. There is nothing quite like opening night. Everyone is 0-0. Possibilities are endless. Some of the seasons where you have the least expectation are some of the most fun. And this could be, okay? It could be. You never know. This could be one of those seasons that just arrived. You remember when Devontae Graham broke out and I think the, the Hornets won 25, 26 games that year. But it was just fun because there were young players contributing and playing everywhere. And I think Steve Clifford is going to get some of these young players that opportunity this season um, while mixed in with some of the vets, which will make their life easier. So thanks a lot for listening. Thanks again for Jalen McDaniels. Thank you to Brian and Maggie from Hornets PR for setting that up. And let's see them Hornets.